50 States of Terror may include content unsuitable for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Content warnings will be included in the show notes. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of 50 States of Terror. I am your favorite podcast host about cryptids and all spooky stuff that goes around at night, Anthony Diaz. Thank you again for listening. I am very excited for this one, primarily because I used this one in my book. I have done research on it, and this is by far one of the most fascinating ones because of the proof well pictures <laughs> let me let, let let's not let's not jump into the 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 proof word the pictures that are out there with this thing it is phenomenal i absolutely love this one and we're talking about montana the shuka warrigan but first let me say hey how's it going everybody uh i i i do hope that you are in a good place right now you're cozy if you're driving don't close your eyes and listen to my voice (laughs) um i did a a very short and very special episode on on valentine's day so this is the um the the road to finishing out this month i'll do montana i'll probably do something very special that i have plans for for next week um, I don't know if I'm going to finalize it next week or at least a couple of days before March starts. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about what, what I'm, I'm planning on doing. And it's going to be a surprise. Um, if you have, you know, um, if you have the, the, the thoughts in your mind that you want to give me a follow, I'll, I'll do all the socials, the socials at the end, but let me get this out there right now. Uh, I am at 50 States of Terror on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm at 50 States Terror without the of because of the character limitations. Instagram at 50 States of Terror. Um, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 50 States of Terror. If you're feeling generous, again, I did it again. Generous. If you're feeling generous and want to give some um, some spare change, you know, and uh, help the the show out uh i would greatly appreciate it I, I would forever be your best friend your bestie that's me anthony yeah <laughs> so let's go right into it so yeah montana let's talk about montana now montana was admitted to the union in 1889 and before it was a state areas within the present day montana were part of the oregon washington 
Idaho, and Dakota Territories, which were all established between 1864 and 1889. And the word Montana came from the Spanish word Montaña, which in turn comes from the Latin word uh, Montania, meaning mountain. Now, in this area, before the Lewis and Clark expedition in 1804 and 1806, the indigenous peoples of Montana consisted of more than five different groups, like the Crows, the Cheyenne, the Blackfeet. And to understand what this creature is, we have to understand who was there first. Now, we can go hours and talk about the the indigenous peoples there, where they came from, how they blended in, what happened to conflict between the 1600s, the 1700s, and um, the the first the first white uh, people to come from the East Coast, making their way west, trying to make their money, trying to make their fortune. Um, all started in 1804 with the Lewis and Clark expedition. We can talk about that, you know, for hours, but let's get. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's get into the depth of it. So once Lewis and Clark made their way through Montana, behind them came the trappers and traders who were trapping, uh, I believe, uh, beaver beaver pelt to make uh, beaver hats. And when that fashion went away, of course, that went away. And then what did they leave in their wake? Well, they left a lot of you know, devastated wildlife. <laughs> and with this influx of people coming from the East, by 1860, the discovery of gold came to Montana. And with that came that rush of people from the East Coast. And what comes with the gold rush? Up cities, you know, a rising um, metropolitan places and cities and, and towns. And then when the gold runs dry, ghost towns. So with all of this influx of people came a rapid decline of traditional hunting grounds, resources. And once everything was gone, the damage was done. And then war started to break out between the tribes and the newcomers. The one notable battle was the battle of little bighorn. Victorious were the Sioux and the Cheyenne. By 1870, the land was considered public domain. Now, what does that mean? That means anybody could come to Montana, stake a claim, and bring their cattle, bring their livestock, bring their families, bring their bring their booze, their alcohol, their um, their diseases, everything they brought from the East Coast that were unknown to this land. They brought it. And by the 1880s, railroads were up and running in Montana. And what did that bring? Big wigs, fat cats, people who wanted to make their money any way possible. And it drove the indigenous peoples out of Montana. It's sad. Truly is. And we all know this. Should we know more about this? In my opinion, yes. But the reason I bring this up is because with this brought this story of the Shunkawarikin. Now, the Shunkawarikin stems from the Iowa 
tribal affiliation. And the name means carries off dogs. Now, folklore describes the beast resembling a large wolf with human-like cries. And already I am just shaking in my boots, man, because that sounds like something that you're you're not supposed to say out loud. And y'all know I'm talking about (laughs) but a large wolf creature with human, human-like human cries. And by others, it was more hyena. And locally, in Montana folklore, it was known as the Rigdonkus. And I don't know if I'm saying that right. So I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to say <laughs> it's Rigdonkus. Rigdonkus. I think it's Rigdonkus. If you're from Montana, I'm sorry. You know, get on social media, get on Facebook, get on Twitter, get on Instagram, get on you know, uh, write me a, an email and, and, and properly, you know, tell me how to pronounce that. Cause I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, and it, and that was made famous by the actual living proof that was to be, to be believed as a creature shot by Israel, uh, Amon Hitchens in 1886. <clears throat> and if you are going to search for this, for this, for this picture, it is, it's an amazing picture because what do you see? You see a hyena. The same characteristics of a hyena in Montana. And later on, I'm going to tell you how everything meshes together because that's what I do. So this makes an extremely interesting point with uh, the taxidermy that has been studied. And and it was studied, by the way, and determined to be authentic. So what's interesting about it is that it was missing for a long time and it came up. Uh, rediscovered in December of 2007, one year after another sighting took place in 2006. So this thing was sitting at a store, I believe, and it went missing. And the most recent sighting up until that date was in 2006. And lo and behold, this thing comes back up and uh, it's rediscovered again. And then what people are describing what they saw in 2006 was exactly the same as what they saw in 1886, just larger. Now, this caught the attention of, of my man, my, my homeboy, a renowned cryptozoologist, Lauren Coleman, who determined that the, the Shohoerican is a creature of unknown modern sources. And this is probably due to, due to the fact that of the historical link of, of what we knew existed here in the lands of Montana. And I'm going to butcher this name again. Let me give it a shot. Okay. The Chasma Porthetis or the Chasma Porthetis American hyena and the hyena dons, hyena dons, hyena no dons. <laughs> uh, however you say it, hyena dons. I'll, I'll just say hyena dons. Cause that just sounds cooler. They were massive hyena-like creatures, and these things range as high as tall as a as an average male's shoulder. So the crown of its head were, were was about the same the same uh, height as as an average man's uh, shoulders. So that means that the business end of it, the 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 dangerous danger zone <laughs> end of it, was on the dude's chest. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I can't I can't imagine that thing you know, coming at me, you know, full, you know, full speed. But that doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's not the biggest one because the biggest one that we knew in the Americans, well, the Americas 
was a species known as Hyenodon gigas. That is that was the largest one. And the smallest one was a Hyenodon horrendous, which is like a I wouldn't say like a toy dog size, but I would say like maybe a uh, between a small and medium sized dog. And those things roamed the plains of Montana. Can you believe that? I can't. And I know that these, these things are out there. But something that large coming straight for your dome? It's like, that's, man, that's just scary. So let's get back to the sighting in 2006. So a lot of people out in Montana were describing this thing as a abnormally large dog and possibly shaggier than a wolf. And this thing was, was killing their livestock on out in uh, Montana. Now the, the Montana fish and wildlife parks department, uh, they came, you know, later and said, well, you know, this is probably a four year old male wolf with unusually red fur coloring. But, but I, for one, I, for one, and am not on that, on that, that jive. No, I like to believe that there's, that there's a possibly an extinct creature roaming Montana. I mean, why not? You know, because in 2018, that's when things get interesting because a creature was shot and this thing was odd looking large wolf hyena slash dog creature. It had unusual paws. that didn't belong to any one specific canine species. It was shaggy like a wolf yet. It had hyena facial features. The pictures are worth a Google. Because when you look at the pictures and it's sitting, well, not sitting, obviously, it's laying on the truck bed and there's a close up on the, on the, on the head. Instinctively, you think it's a hyena, but when you look at the body, it looks like a, 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 a large muscular wolf. And then when you get to like the hind legs, it looks like a, a, a German shepherd's large muscular hind legs. You have to see this. And it's just, it's phenomenal. And, and this poses an interesting question about genetics and evolution, because we know that these creatures once ruled, you know, the land, the Hyenodon Gigas and the Hyenodon uh, Horridus, these things did actually walk on Montana. So the question arises, could a known extinct creature be recycling back into existence? Is there some sort of dormant gene that emerges after a few generations? Well, the evolutionary trait, this evolutionary trait has a name. It's called de-extinction, which basically boils down to the process of an extinct creature evolving into an identical like creature through the natural life cycle of said creature. 
So imagine, imagine something as small. Let's say just like a bird. Let's just, 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 just talk birds. Okay. One bird goes extinct. The surviving species of, of its neighboring birds continues on. But through evolution and through the, the territory where it resides in, it says that a different species of bird will evolve into a almost identical like taxonomy of an extinct creature. Now it won't be an exact copy because what that means that they like the extinct creature would just magically just come back to existence. No, 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 that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is that other species will eventually evolve into the one that was extinct. And that's mind boggling. Cause what that mean? What that means is like, you know, given a few million years, We'll all be long gone, but maybe there's a mammoth, a woolly mammoth is going to just pop up and just walk and walk the earth again. You know, and it does bring me hope that previous extinct creatures that were, that were, that became extinct because of us would come back. That'd be, that would just, that would, that would make this old U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service heart happy. But it's fascinating to think that the that the that the the way that this genetic and evolutionary code it 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 sparks this this trigger of Mother Nature saying, "Hold up now, no no no, I wasn't done with this. Let me let me put this thing back in because y'all screwed up, y'all gone fucked up and and and, and killed off killed off this thing. So could this be a slow evolution?" of a one sixteen cre- uh, creature or is this something completely different and species of animal that that was once told through you know first people's folklore and made its way into modern tales and why do i say modern tales cuz this creature is is primarily used in my story the book that i'm writing well the book that i'll hopefully get published i loved it so much i, f- I fell in love with it because it wasn't it wasn't this 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 fantastical um, thing like 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 the Snellengaster was. No, this could be a proven thing because of what we know of, of about de-extinction and what we know once ruled this this land before us. It was awesome. So right now I'm going to rate this thing. Here we have a rating system between one and five. One being the worst, five being the best. I'm going to rate this thing as a, as a four, four point five. This is definitely one of the top, the top, top, top research cryptids that I just completely enjoyed. I love the cactus cat. Um, I love the, uh, uh, the aquatic panther. I loved this one. And dare I say, this is almost up there like Mothman. And Sasquatch, this is a great one. So thank you all for listening. I truly do appreciate it. Let me run down where you can find me. Um, I'm on Facebook at 50 States of Terror. I'm on Twitter at 50 States Terror without the of because of the character limitations. Instagram, 
I'm on at 50 States of Terror. You see the trend here? <laughs> TikTok. You can find me on TikTok. I do short little videos of recaps of little quips of, of cryptid stuff. I am at 50 SOT podcast. If you want to uh, search my writing, um, I am on TikTok with that as well. I am at Corporal Ziggy USMC. That's C-P-L-Z-I-G-G-Y-U-S-M-C. And I'm on vocal.media. You can search, search my name, Anthony Diaz. You find all of my my writings, my short stories, my uh, my contest entries that, that never won. Um, you can also search for for me on my Instagram. My writing, my author page is, is Corporal Ziggy USMC. And then on Facebook, I am at author AJ Diaz. And if you're feeling generous and you want to you know chip in some some spare change i'm on patreon as well and on patreon you, you can get these these small little exclusives these afterthoughts these detour episodes these um videos that I'm, I'm 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 working on um that is patreon.com forward slash 50 states of terror and like always thank you so much for joining me i do appreciate it you know, uh, I don't know where this thing's going to go, but I do know that we are halfway done with the U.S. states. And I'm having a blast. I'm having so much fun. And drop me a line, too. Oh, I forgot. Email. Uh, email is uh, 50SOTpodcast uh, 50 at gmail.com. Is that what that is? Let me check real quick. You know, why not? Why not? It's, it's, it's my show. I can... Uh, I can do a little little thing here and there if I, if, if I, if I want to. <laughs> um, oh, it's the50sot at gmail.com. That's what that is. I love you all. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining me again. Later, y'all. Fifty states of terror if you're feeling generous again i did it again generous if you're feeling generous and want to give